This is Kanzenshu, the podcast, episode 318 for the week of December 16th, 2012. Yo, hey, Os, welcome to Kanzenshu, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Kanzenshu. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining as we head toward this holiday season. I guess we're thick in the middle of it here. My name is Mike Vegito EX and joining me is the other co-dude. I think that's your new official title. Co-dude. Co-dude. From Konzenshu. Heath, Mr. Huji of Sir. Welcome back. Uh, two weeks in a row, right? Two weeks in a row. I'm back. Rocking it. We tried to have Julian on, but it just didn't work out. So yeah, for he- shame. He was excited. I know he's uh, loving all the Battle of Gods news, especially from that Japanese perspective. But uh, when he is in Japan, and it's up to my schedule, really, as the coordinator here, sometimes I'm like, eh, you know what? I'm recording in the afternoon, not the morning. So, Heath, (laughs) it's you and me. Which is fine. It is fine. It is fine. We miss Julian, but uh, I know he's going to be back soon. We'll talk about uh, upcoming podcast plans. Remind me, at the end of the show, because we have some really good stuff coming up, uh, we are chock full of news this week. That's one of the things Julian was excited about, so I want to make sure we get to that. Uh, We have a great topic for you. We are going to talk about complex movie villains and our top favorites and lots of your top favorites. But before we get to that, uh, a couple of minor things I want to toss out there so you know and you remember right away first thing most important thing screw attack goku versus superman launching december 21st uh heath even though you were not in charge of this why don't you tell me all the work that i did well you did all this effort by myself completely so that the world can end and no one will ever find out who won was that the whole plan uh no so they contacted us and said um hey You guys are very authoritative on everything Dragon Ball, so we would like it if you could dive into essentially anything that has to do with Goku, uh, his power, his abilities, his strengths, his weaknesses, his love, his caring, his kindness, and we want you to roll it up in a nice big present with a bow and hand it to us so that we can use all that information to determine whether he could defeat Superman or not. And we said, you know what? That sounds awesome. We're we're in. Let's do it. And we dove through any anime, manga, guidebook, anything we could find. And I can't even remember how long the the final PDF file that we sent them was. Well, we but... did we did two PDFs and then multiple follow up emails. Yeah. The first PDF was fifty pages, I think. Second one was probably around half that, and then there were multiple follow ups after that, just re clarifying. Like, wait, what's it actually say in Japanese? Versus, there's a lot of what we were doing is mm-hmm. cleaning up messes from the English dub. Yeah, because a lot of the questions we got, well, I heard this when I was a kid. Isn't this a fact? And we, well, that was a dub only line. So technically, no. And there was still a lot of stuff from, well, the dub fixed that dub mistake but then this other dub said this thing sometimes not even english dubs i don't want to pick on a particular english dub 
So we were just like, look, everything we give you is from the original Japanese script or source material, whatever it is. So Screw Attack has this giant information database resource to go by. They could toss out everything we said and just run with entirely different stuff. I have no idea. I am looking forward to it just as much as everyone else on December 21st. Oh, yeah. And and I guess we should say we had some very, very good support from a lot of our our community, our fans. Oh my God, did we? I think from both of us, we can't thank those people enough because that is just awesome what they came through and did. And I think it it really represents our community very, very well. Absolutely. So you'll hear more about this after it launches. I do want to get a beginning early episode reminder because that's coming up. 21st is this coming week. So, oh my God, look for it this week. Yeah, Friday. Is that a Friday? Okay. Yeah, that's a Friday. I have no idea. Uh, all right. So that's that. Uh, then Heath, he did some website. We talked about it last episode, but some like tweaks and stuff. And we went back and forth a couple of times. I think everything's cool now. Yeah, I think uh, everything's basically set for how we're going to leave it. Uh, we had a couple things that I wanted to do prior to the site launching. Didn't really get done. And essentially, I said, you know what? Instead of doing this like little bit all the time, I like to do it all at once so that I can actually make something more significant. Um, a lot of it. Most people won't really notice because it was behind the scenes. A lot of scripting was updated and switched out. But other than that, we did some little facelifts here and there. You can now go in and like our posts or share them on Google Plus and Twitter. Uh, all sorts of fun things like that. It's awesome. You rolled out version 1.1 1. 1, and then I gave you some changes. So I think we're going to call this 1.11. 1. 1. Yeah, we can do that. I'll have to update the CSS file. But. Okay. <laughs> uh is there anything else like just awesome stuff there just little tweaks i think you'll find nice enhancements if you're already logged in it does cool stuff i've already heard from a lot of people that they really like the navigation that now shows up on the the right Mm -hmm. and then what's at the top and one request we actually had which i meant to do a while ago was to make it so if you are actually logged into our website all the links actually change so if you want to go to the forum You don't have to go read all the rules again before you go because you're already registered. But if you're not logged in, then you will have to go read all the rules. Awesome. Fun little things like that. All right. So that's all the meta stuff. Let's, uh, you know what? Let's news it up. All right. All right. We kicked things off almost, man, immediately after we launched that podcast episode last week, the very next day, we started getting uh, just unbelievable amount of news. It's that time of year. It's that time in a project timeline for Battle of Gods. First thing, the band Flow is going to be covering Chala Head Chala for Battle of Gods. It is the new upcoming 2013 movie set to release March 30th, 2013 in Japan. So it started uh, actually kind of this teaser announcement from one of their guitarists the day prior saying hey something cool is coming and then we got the official tweet the official news announcement uh what do we have here you know i'm just gonna read i think this is from the official website right the first thing we translated yeah uh this quote actually comes straight from flow's official website this wasn't actually posted on twitter right it was just one of those little short things on twitter that Point you yeah. over to the main website. So here, I'll read the thing from Flow's website. It's been decided that Flow will handle the 
main theme of the film Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods, opening March 30th, 2013. The theme will be what could be called a byword for Dragon Ball Z, Chala Hedchala. That famous song will come back to life in a rearrangement with Flo's distinctive increased sense of speed. By all means, please look forward to the Flow style Chala Hedchala. Dragon Ball Z God and God, or Battle of Gods, official homepage, DragonBall2013.com. You always gotta get that uh, official plug there in at the end. So that was a huge announcement. Uh, and then we had another update. You can read all the translations here. I don't want to read every single last thing on the podcast. Uh, the Battle of Gods website had some information about it. And I know lots of Japanese entertainment sites had uh, articles and additional quotes from the band. There's a lot of stuff out there. Julian did an amazing job like, dude, here's news, go. And he was just translating stuff on the fly for us. And we were able to get that up basically moments after the news went out there. So I was really excited to have that. Uh, Heath, why don't you give us a little bit of a background? Who is this band, Flow? Well, a lot of people will probably know Flow more from the Naruto TV series. Uh, They did the fourth opening theme for Naruto, which was titled Go. I believe they've also done uh, for... Naruto shipped then. I think they, they did, they, if they not did two, paper. they did at least one there. Maybe an ending, something yeah. like that. So they've been around, I believe, since 1998. So, you know, they've been around the block for a while, and apparently they are mm. huge fans of Dragon Ball Z, and uh, they are so looking forward to this. And I'm actually kind of excited because it'll be something a little different. You know, it's one of those weird things as a fan where, oh, they're doing Chala Head Chala again. Is it just going to be the old version? And then part of you is torn because you like the old version, but part of you is torn because it's a new updated, maybe can get a little more Uh life into the series. And yeah, you don't really know where to go with it. But I think overall, it'll be a good thing. Well, here's the thing. Back in 2008 for the Jump Super Animator special, we did have the original version of Hedgehala, but we got all new animation to it. So that brought an entire new bit of life and spark into the song back then. So I can see why they wouldn't want to use the same song as is again. So to do a new version of it, I'm pretty excited. I'm a little bummed we're not getting here in Kageyama, but I do understand where this is marketing spectacular thing they have well, going on here. So since you bring up Kageyama, sure. I think it it is one good thing to note that when all this information came out, nowhere in there does it say whether I mean we assume Hedgehala is going to be the opening theme, mm. but everything was just simply said this will be the theme song of the movie. Sure. Nowhere okay. did it say opening theme, ending theme. So right, presumably right. Chala Hedgehala could be the opening theme to the movie. Hironobu Kageyama could come back and do an ending theme to the movie, really tied into all the previous franchise movies that we've had. Fair point. Because then you go back to things like Rule by Ayumi Hamasaki for Dragon Ball Evolution. Sure, that was Evolution. Rule was the theme to that movie. It wasn't played as an opening theme. It was, I think it played briefly in the movie. Well, the credits rolled. Yeah, it played during the credits roll, but it also played right. very briefly, I think, when Goku uh, came up on his scooter toward the high school. It was just kind of a short little instrumental of it. But yeah, it was used as the ending theme. Uh, you go back to, I don't know, the for whatever reason, the example is sticking out to me, just kind of a mainstream American movie, uh, Vindicated by Dashboard Confessional for Spider-Man 2. That was the theme of that movie. It played as the credits started rolling. So you're absolutely right. We haven't seen anything about, is this the opening theme to the movie? It's just the theme song to the movie. Right. The main theme of the movie. So, and of course, good point. we've seen it all over the place of people saying, oh, the new opening theme. And I understand it's just natural connect 
to connect Chala Head Chala as the opening theme, but again, it's it's not essentially confirmed. I don't know. I may have even said just talking here on the show opening theme, and I apologize if I did because, like exactly like you just said, we're just so used to saying opening in conjunction with Head Chala, but who knows? It might not actually be so. Uh, let me get your opinion on this flow. I'm very excited. I'm familiar with a good bit of their music, of course, from mm-hmm. Naruto, other things. There are other bands that come to mind recently with regard to Dragon Ball and Akira Toriyama and extreme fandom. Of course, my mind goes to Maximum the Hormone, who have proven themselves to be gigantic Dragon Ball fans, just as fans, but also showcasing it through their music as well. Of course, the song F, their uh, tribute to Frieza. Do you think uh, Flow was the right choice? Could Maximum the Hormone have worked as well? What are your overall thoughts on this choice? I think as far as the tone that they're probably trying to set, Flow would be much better than Maximum the Hormone. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, just solely based on the type of music each does. which Energetic, is, happy, yeah. poppy. It, it's more poppy than anything, and you get more of the kind of grunge out of maximum the hormone um although i gotta tell you maximum the hormone can do pop like nobody's business too i know which is in insane to actually listen to one of their albums and see them bounce back and forth between genres within the same song it'll just be bubblegum to thrash metal at the drop of a hat yeah which they pull it off brilliantly but at the same time you go what am I listening <laughs> yeah, to? Yeah, right. Um, be a little off-putting to the newer folk. I guess my question for you would be, okay. since Flo was selected, yes. is there a chance that we get, maybe since this is more of an international release, get a lot more groups, kind of a la what was done with some of the Dragon Ball Z original movies that were released here in North America, where we get, instead of more of a score, we get a score along with some actual songs from popular groups i don't know i mean within the movie itself or just kind of yeah i have no idea i don't know what to look forward to it really for those that i guess aren't really all into what anime used to be especially back in the 80s how you would have a score and it's changed so much since just when dragon ball z was on tv even gt showcased a little more getting away from having uh, just one or two opening and ending themes. They had multiple opening and ending themes. And you see that a lot more with anime these days, mostly to get funding and things like that. So it really makes me curious if that's going to happen at all for this movie. I Just don't because know. it is in a different day and age. More music, more songs, more chances for merchandising. It's possible. Right. I don't know. I I kind of read this as this is the big music for the movie. So Yeah. I do too. And I'm kind of leaning farther away from I think they will do that. And if they do do anything like that, I think it will be something where, you know what, as a callback, we'll bring in GOKB for just a little thing here. Mm. We'll bring in Maximum the Hormone for just a little bit here. But it's not going to be overwhelming all over the place. That's all we have is this music from different bands i was gonna say and do you mean in the movie or itself or just on the soundtrack to it where it's one of those music from and inspired Mm. by which is what image albums always were i think it could go either way i honestly would look forward to something of just being on the album where it's inspired by the i'll take anything you know what just put it out i'm going to buy it you can do whatever you want just gimme 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 i am credit card i'm multiple (laughs) credit cards being thrown at the screen here just gimme i don't care 
Take it. All right. So I guess we should move on because we've got a crap ton of We do. Oh, my God. Well, this one isn't too important. No. So basically what happened was in one day we broke four news stories (laughs) and no one could get away from computer and we're all going insane and trying to do work work. And yeah, (laughs) it was awful, but it was awesome. So uh, the story section of the official Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods website was unveiled. uh, The story section for the site. That means it's the story of the movie. Awesome. I know you think it would be, but it's not. So previously we had found the introduction section. People had been waiting for the story section to come up, but as it appears, Yeah, not so much, because all they will be doing is, as we approach the movie, it appears the story section will be updated bit by bit by bit. And as of right now, it is essentially a retelling of Dragon Ball up through, you know, what, all 519 chapters. By story, they mean this is the story of Dragon Ball. Goku was a little boy, and he fought these aliens and monsters, and here we are. I I love the last sentence that they have on there. It's... uh. And so, at the end of a long, long day of battle, peace abruptly came to Earth, and yet... Dot, dot, dot. And And then that's it. And you're like, son of a bitch, where is the rest? (laughs) I know, I know. So, that was that. I guess we'll just keep our eye on it and see what they add to it. Will it be more about the story to the movie? We're hoping they're going to toss it in there. There's more to come. Nothing It'll right now. Probably the next one will be essentially what we got in the introduction probably. part is my guess of we have a brief setup and it probably be much closer to the movie that we actually get any, I don't even know how to put it, uh, solid information that people don't already know. All right. So I guess let's leave that behind for a little bit. Uh, more news that same day. Again, another one that we're breaking here uh, has nothing to do with Battle of Gods, except for the fact that it's going to be out just in time for you to be excited for Battle of Gods. Uh, coming out February 27th is a new Dragon Ball Z Best Song Collection CD. Now, here's the thing. It's one of those. There's a new CD coming and you can look forward to things like Hedgehala. We got a power. Zenkai Power and Bokutachi. Uh, that's kind of the standard announcement for any new Dragon Ball CD over the last, what, like 15 years at this point? Yeah, essentially. <laughs> but the one good thing was on Amazon Japan, they do specifically note this CD is being made basically for a merchandising push for Battle of Gods because the movie is specifically noted in the introduction to the CD. I gotta give them credit. They are completely transparent about it. They're like, new movie, I pitches, here's a new CD. Pay up. Let's go. Right now. Exactly. Uh. Uh, it, it does note that there will be 16 to 17 tracks, um, and they will feature those two openings and endings that you mentioned, along with a bunch of other songs from they listed theme songs, insert songs, movie themes, so more Kageyama, but more so Apparently, they are all being remastered. All right, Heath, here's the thing. We've had similar products. I go back to the 2006 Remix One Half Special something. Mm -hmm. I think it was called something like that. It was a very similar thing where it was around that number of tracks. They were all remastered and remastered slash remixed. And by mixed, I don't mean like thumpa thumpa kind of dubstep remix. I mean like they went back to the master tracks and you know pump up this a little bit, put a little echo on this, expand this a little bit. So we've had a CD like that before. 
in the last 10 years. And then we've had things like Legend of Dragon World, which was a two-disc compilation of the opening and ending themes, all the movie ending themes, some of the best image songs, most of the insert songs. So is this just literally a nothing sort of crap it out there kind of CD for 2013? It appears so. I mean, that's essentially what it is. I I mean, they come out and they say, okay, we are doing a merchandising push. Here is one of the things we are releasing. But I think it may be a good lead up for anyone that's looking to buy a CD yeah. right before this comes out. Yeah. Any Anybody new that maybe came in off of Dragon Ball Kai even. But even that's a little none of these songs were really used. Yeah, none so. of these were in Kai, so if you're a Kai fan, it's irrelevant. And if you're an older fan, I mean, Legend of Dragon World and the 2006, that stuff is still in print and available, I think, for the most part. I haven't checked in a while, but still widely available, at least. Yeah, I don't know. It, just, it seems like kind of a stretch to put it out. I guess the only thing I can say is it's 2,300 yen for 17 tracks, yeah, it's, it's a which decent for price. a Japanese album is really good it's a decent price. i don't know if, if, if they're just prepping you for we're about to charge you five thousand yen for the official movie album right or what i don't know and i totally get it and i would be more on board were not for that 2006 a remastered version and some of the recent compilations i feel like they've covered this stuff before so we'll keep our eye on it. I'm looking forward to seeing the final track listing. I already own all of this music at least half a dozen times over. I'll probably buy it anyway. Heath, take us. Uh, geez, we're still on the same day of news. It was an exciting day, but this was a big one. Yes, this was probably, I will say, the largest besides Flow. This would be Flow and the official Battle of Gods trailer being posted on the internet and 720p yeah these two are probably tied for the best news that we've had probably the last week and it all happened on the exact same day <laughs> which is even better but the japanese website 11 chan or 11 chan however you want to call it it's basically channel 11 which is an internet tv station in Sapporo, japan who also brews our favorite beer. And they posted up the official trailer that we saw air the previous week on Fuji TV. Of course, on Fuji TV, they didn't actually show the entire trailer. There was a nice woman that was speaking over the right, whole thing. Right, so you we got, got no audio yep, yep. from the actual trailer, all that fun stuff. Well, of course, as soon as this goes up, people rip it. It's on YouTube. It's all over the place. And then what happens? Yeah, Eleven Channel takes it down. Well, here's a really interesting thing. We grabbed a tweet from them announcing its availability, and then all of a sudden it was gone again. So what the hell happened yeah. here? It, I'm really curious if the fact that the official website hasn't even posted it yet. I don't think anyone was supposed <laughs> supposed to post the entire trailer, yeah. especially online where people can just take it. I think they're waiting until it goes up on Toei's official Battle of Gods of course, website. sure. And uh, we should specify that Eleven Channel, this internet TV station, one of their specialties is just posting commercials and trailers for things that have aired on their TV station. And so they just post them up so that people can watch them sure. and whatnot. Um, but, I mean, what was this? This went up at 12, 13 p.m. their time. I think within the next hour, it was taken down. Yeah. So 
<laughs> this was funny, man. Crazy but stuff. Like you said, once it hits the internet, it doesn't matter. It's up there forever. So this trailer has made the rounds and uh, we were so lucky. Julian was like, he texted me. It was something like 4.30 a.m. my time because you know what time it is over there in Japan. He's going... Want me to translate the trailer? But by the time I got up and was, you know, on my way to work, I had a complete transcription of the trailer in my email box. So we were able to provide this as well. Boxes. I know, right? He's <laughs> like, whoever gets to it first, take it, go. And I'm an hour ahead of you. So, you know, I start it and then you finish it. It's great. Doesn't matter who's got meetings that day. Someone can finish things up. So uh, we do have a complete transcription and translation of the trailer. If you can't seem to find it anywhere, because it is up and down. Uh, we're not hosting it ourselves because we're not looking for any trouble right now but uh at the very least we can provide a translation here is there anything you want to pull out of the trailer that's interesting to you i really like the introduction mm. by uh joji yanami who sure. plays kayo right oh man just listening to him narrate about gods and destruction and all oh, good so stuff serene. good I mean, stuff it really and i we heard this from a lot of people just watching this trailer and especially just the beginning opening with the narration is like, I have to see this. Yep. I want this now. <laughs> Why is it not March? And of course, we have a little bit here with uh, no exact pluralization in Japanese. So <laughs> Julian's like, yeah. I'm going to provide both and you got to go with whatever you want. We're assuming it's going to be more singular because we're talking about just Bidusu here. But uh yeah. Whatever. But you got to cover your bases. Yes. I mean, if they don't throw a Tachi on there, you really have no idea. <laughs> exactly, right. So, uh, very exciting. You can check that out. We've got the complete translation there. Uh, all right, let's move on to other things. This was a huge story as well. Battle of Gods is absolutely taking up lots of mind space here, but Project Versus J, oh my god, this is blowing up as well. We uh, talked about this last week, I believe, a new crossover fighting game for Shonen Jump series, that's where the J comes from, Jump, uh, Weekly Shonen Jump, this was hysterical because the following Monday's issue of Weekly Shonen Jump, full scans and leaks and everything were already available on Wednesday, so their load was completely blown blown almost a full week ahead of time here uh i mean i know stuff leaks ahead of time but we're talking wednesday for the next monday that blows my mind i it, it just amazes me how some of that stuff hits the street so soon you you almost have to wonder wherever they print these things if people just walk in with their cameras and they're like hey you mind if i just take a bunch of pictures and scans of these pages and they're like yeah go for it and it, it wasn't even just like cell phone pictures it was you know flatbed scans that wednesday at that point it's crazy. And I mean, this gets into the larger conversation about the sooner they can push all of these things to digital, the better for them because they can actually keep they things can, under wrap for yeah. whatever. I mean, for us, sometimes it's great. Right. But and we don't support piracy, but news is news and we're going to cover news anyway. So uh, at this point point you've already seen all this but uh project versus j weekly shonen jump announcing the game's platform the prior announcement was here's game not telling you what it's for uh we do know now it is for the playstation 3 and the vita the two sony consoles right now so you've got the full home console and the portable release as well still not a ton of information here still promoting just luffy and toriko and son goku here as well uh there's a new contest that they're promoting here can it can i just express the irony of this 
this contest. <laughs> what? What? Tell me. Tell me. What you Just got? Like, so this is coming out on the Vita and the PS3. Yet half the prizes are Nintendo products. Well, the prior week's contest is mostly Nintendo. Although you get a, <laughs> you get a Sony Walkman there. Ironic. So I mean that's something. But I totally want a Sony Walkman. I haven't had one of those since 1988. I don't know what a current Walkman is. I assume it's not a cassette-based Walkman. <laughs> it has to be if it's a Walkman. <laughs> that's the only thing a Walkman can be is a cassette player. Uh, and so there's a new contest this week. They're still really just asking, you know, who do you want to be in the game, and based on what you say, they're going to provide uh, some nice prizes. Uh, the the big thing here is the grand prize for last week's contest is a paper. I love this. A paper. What the hell is of papers it's just like a sheet of i don't know you get a loose leaf sheet of paper by oda but you also get a wii u premium set in five games of your choosing so that's exciting but then again there's a new contest as well uh so really what we're looking at here is just a platform confirmation and julian and i we're really diving into this trying to figure out all right you know it's PS3 and Vita, those of you who follow gaming know that Sony has launched some initiatives lately called cross-buy and cross-play. Cross-buy is, for example, uh, I think the forerunner here is PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. If you buy the PS3 version of that game, you also get the Vita version for the same $60 MSRP. There's also something called cross-play, which battle royale happens to do where it's the ps3 players can play against the vita players as if it were the exact same game because it is the exact same game so we're like all right this is going to be ps3 and vita it does not say anything about cross buy it does not say anything about cross play but it does use this phrase double hard So we're like, all right, what the hell is double hard? Does that mean if you buy the game twice, is it suddenly twice as difficult to play? So Julian's theory is in Japanese, softo refers to software. That's just the software, the game software, the the disc or the media, whatever. Double hard, we're, we're thinking, and it's tough. There's not really any kind of context here. We think they're just saying that it's coming out on PS3 and it's coming out on Vita which they already confirm anyway. So double hardware. Right, double hardware. That means we do not have confirmation about a cross-buy or a cross-play situation. We're, of course, hoping for something like that. That would be very exciting, where if you buy it on one, you get both, or at the very least, you can play against each other. Uh, The only other thing I'll toss out there is that for the most part, the PS3 and the Vita, less the Vita, it requires like system resets and different memory cards and stuff, are region free. So we're very much hoping that we'll be able to import Project Versus J as opposed to Dragon Ball Heroes Ultimate Mission. That being said, there is precedent for games being region locked. Persona 4 Arena in particular was region locked on the PS3, so you could not import the Japanese version. I'm hopeful about this, but at the same time, I'm also kind of worried because these are some very, very high profile uh, IPs. And I do worry about Toei getting a stick up their butt saying, oh, no, 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 you can't let anyone else play these games other than the Japanese market. So there, there is a little bit of a worry there, at least from my perspective. Uh, Heath, I've talked enough about this. Give me your thoughts on Project versus J. We've got platform announcements, really, and then just still the same three series. I really hope it is not region locked. That is my biggest worry right now. I could totally see them doing it, and I really hope that they don't. Yeah, it's frightening because um, it could happen. Then you're like, oh, do I buy a Japanese PS3 for... 
one game for one game yeah i mean i did that i know what my wife would i say. did that for a ps2 so i mean there is precedent in the ex household for something like that before but and and ps3s have gone down in price they have the new they have and, and i mean i did that well no the ps3 wasn't out when i got my japanese ps2 i also bought that second hand from uh one of the anime next co-chairs at the time and he cut me a good deal ah. because you know, i was working the convention he had a launch model he's like here here's my system in like five launch games for would you like i'm not even going to tell you what the price was because i basically stole it from him but that was a great situation <laughs> back then but now i'm also looking at ultimate mission for dragon ball heroes i can't play that in my american 3ds which i don't actually no. own yet but i'm pretty sure someone's getting for me for christmas so <laughs> but, so i've hint, got hint if I, you're listening she's not listening she never listens to no the show. I she, has she, no, she has no idea what the show is even she though she's been care. on it before so but i'm like looking at importing a japanese 3ds basically for that i mean there's a couple other little things here and there that i'm sort of quasi interested in but i can't justify importing a japanese ps3 for this game i'm really hoping that again no sticks up any butts just let it be guys let it be and i'm I am more than happy to pay what will likely be the $90 price tag. Just just leave it alone. And shipping. Well, yeah. <laughs> the shipping yeah. will be like 20 bucks on top of that. It's going to be an expensive 2013, man. It really is. God. But it will be a fun one. It will be a fun one. All right. I think that's basically it. I mean, this story was huge. Just, I don't know what it is, whether it's the, the PS3 and the Vita, just that whole, oh my God, there's a potential to play the... I, I am so scared that everyone's going to be devastated if they region lock this game. But I think that's the big hype there right now is the we have a chance to play this much like we did. Not that D.O.N. and other stuff. Well, no, D.O.N. was region locked because those systems were region locked. But Superstars and Ultimate Stars, Nintendo DS proper standard was not region locked so we all got to play those because nintendo is really good at just region locking their players well th- the so. consoles always were and the handhelds never were and then everything is oh, all right so l- let's leave yeah. video games behind we're coming back to animated stuff here heath this is one of those it's not confirmed but wink wink kind of news stories yeah it really kind of makes you wonder because she really really beats around the bush on this yeah but uh, yuko minaguchi who played fidel and pan previously had announced that she was going on hiatus uh from voice work because she was going to study abroad well supposedly according to her blog she has returned to the motherland and is now in japan for a solid six days and four nights to work on two things to work on two things yes so it kind of makes you wonder and i should say i was the one that actually translated this part and then julian looked it over and he was like oh yeah that's all good (laughs) the way she writes this is horrendous and this is why people should not write blog posts like this because there's (laughs) no periods and her stuff actually flows in and out of one another, and she, she just uses line breaks. I love that. I oh, the line breaks are awful. It was so bad. They're very, very abrupt. Because I tried I looking mean, at it first, and I'm the lowest on the Japanese totem pole here. And I'm like, you know what? Hands up in the air. I fucking give up. Someone else look at this. So she posted, she said, by the way, I came back home yesterday for a short return for six days and four nights to work on two things. Nono and my atopic hospital and the beauty salon. Well, the fun part is Nono and atopic hospital is just one line, <laughs> completely separate from everything. And then there's 
one line after that just says beauty salon <laughs> there's no and there's no inclusion there's <laughs> here's the thing we're so throwing crap on paper we're so used to taking things from like official websites that have been proofread and stuff this is just it's one of those things where for me personally i'm running into a lot of this where i'm listening to podcasts and reading things by for example musicians you're like oh i've listened to this person for 20 years of my life oh my god this person who i respect so much cannot construct a sentence that's essentially what this is um so she doesn't clarify anything at all so she says she's back for four for six days and four nights to work on two things. Now, immediately after that, she just mentions two completely random things of taking her dog, No-No, and herself, apparently, to this atopic dermatitis hospital. And then, apparently, just the beauty salon. But she doesn't specify if it's for her dog or for her, or they're both going to the beauty salon. It's just this train of thought nonsense. these are actually the two things that she's going to be doing, or if she's actually going to be working like work work so all right so mina gucci's back she's probably working on something yeah but it drives you up a wall to just read some all right so we're like all right two things we're hoping battle of gods and kai Mm -hmm. now we do know that at some point she came out on her blog which we linked to and said that it was a little childish of her but without having daisuke gory around to play mr satan she didn't really feel she would want to continue even if Dragon Ball Kai did, because it just wouldn't be the same. So we'll kind of see how that goes. I mean, if it's, anything happens. I cannot overstate how much of a loss it is that we do not have Daisuke Gori. He is one of those voices that has, again, much like some of these musicians that I've grown up with, Daisuke Gori has been a voice that I've grown up with as well. He is a force in my life that just... I cannot even comprehend what it would be like for her and to have been in that situation three years ago. Yeah, exactly. And then you think of it, of a lot of the interviews that we've been translating lately. Oh, it's, from a lot it's of heartbreaking. These it's heartbreaking. And they talk about, oh, how fun it was to record, how close they were. They go out for drinks afterwards, they'd hang out, and they love seeing each other. It's like having a family member just... I'm reading some of the stuff that you and Julian have been working on, and I'm just sitting at my desk at work like, I I don't want to do anything else today. Because it's in retrospect, looking back at these things, you're reading words by Daisuke Gori and by Hirotaka Suzuoki, and... It's just I, I I can't take it. I th- these people mm-hmm. have been my life. And I I can't do it. Yeah. And just, again, so just wait. for her at the same time, the heart can move on. It's been three years. We'll see. Uh, all right. So I I don't want to dwell on that. But then we did have no. kind of additional stuff in the same vein from really one of our favorite sources this guy has been one of all time he has moved up he's almost number one right <laughs> he is now totally on number one list. and just seeing he's not just a voice actor and not a voice director he's a tv personality showcased here by a one mr toshio furukawa is mr yuji mitsuya who played kaioshin heath what is the deal here well the deal is that he and furukawa got together to record a few lines and i'll just uh read this real quick sure sure uh they got together to record a few lines at a certain studio for a certain anime <laughs> and on this certain day in december they recorded lines separately even though that's not something that they normally do then they said their goodbyes and they went uh, their separate ways for a little while and 
basically something's going to happen, but they're always happy to see each other. I love this. It's like a certain day with a certain series in a certain place. Like, you bastards. Come on now. Yeah. And the fun part is they they say that they got together in uh, Kita. I cannot read that. Kita right Shinjuku. Now. Shinjuku. And uh, Kita Shinjuku is actually where Tevak, which is the Toei voice recording studio, uh, is located. So presumably they're recording something for Toei, separate lines, possibly for Dragon Ball Kai, which we know will be continuing. So you kind of have to read into a little bit, but I just love how they use the same kanji every single... We're doing this at a certain here, at a certain time, at a certain... (laughs) You could just say what you're doing because you're essentially telling us what you're doing anyway. Right, right, totally. I mean, it could be Battle of Gods. It could also be Kai. That's why we said, you know, for both of these, it's either and or kind of thing going mm-hmm. on but Mitsuya but you is have awesome. to wonder though when Toshio Furukawa first said on his Twitter account that he was recording something for a certain anime exactly it turned out to be Kai. exactly he was the one that kind of broke it and then Tanaka was like fuck it I'm just telling you what we're doing so Furukawa I mean he's kind of our, our source when he says certain X it's always Dragon Ball at this point yeah love it because one piece is ongoing and nobody really i don't and, know and furukawa and ace so i mean whatever at this point we have to assume dragon ball first and foremost rather than one piece all right so you can check that out we've got translations of uh all the blog entries and the news updates and some extra clarification there so we got a couple last stories that we'll get to here before we hit uh our, our, our main topic these are both short dragon ball heroes ultimate mission a new 15 second commercial for the 3ds game uh, again coming out february 28th 2013 doesn't show anything we don't already know it's got the cover art which we updated with uh probably a couple of weeks ago at this point shows the five on five team battles the over 900 cards it also shows the uh set of cards you get with pre-orders they can be used in the arcade version again stuff we already know but just a new commercial there so that's that's a thing heath take us the very last news story we have for you this week although that could change uh probably within the next hour because that's what's up with dragon ball right now well we finally have an announcement sort of oh my god animation that Dragon Ball Z Kai Season 4 will be released next year. The, I on mean, March 12, finally, 2013. finally, exclamation point, like times 20 here, because people have been going, what is going on? Where is this final compilation? Especially when you consider Part 7 and Part 8 have been out for months. And apparently they decided to take a snooze on this one, but it's finally coming out. And that's okay. That's okay. It's coming, though. Yeah, Yeah, it's coming out on both DVD and Blu-ray, which will be available March 12th, 2013. Uh, It will have two discs. Is that correct? No, there are four discs each. Uh, Four discs, because each part had two discs. And uh, that will cover episodes 78 through 98. Of course, episode 98 was unaired in Japan and considered an extra episode. So... I'm not quite sure how they actually listed that. Um, well, they just say 98. On set on part eight. Yeah, and part eight, yeah. it was just episode 98. It was just part of, they didn't say like extra episode yeah. or anything. So yeah, I mean, it, I guess it's important to note that part eight was already out and already included 98. So 98 is not actually new or special here. It's just a re-release of these previously yes. released stuff. They've just taken the two, slapped them together. Yep. There you go. Is this the cover art from part eight? I think it was. I think so, but honestly, I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I I bought one through four because that was the Yamamoto broadcast. I'm like, I don't need replacement Mm -hmm. things. I'll just, whatever. That was was my uh, stance. MSRP apparently is about 
$50, but you can usually probably get these a little closer to release, maybe $30, $35, yeah. just depending on where you go. That's what they come down to. I've seen them. Uh, Amazon's had like $22 deals recently on some of mm-hmm. the, the seasons, not even the parts. So keep your eyes open. And if open. you want them earlier, get them from Right Stuff because they'll ship it to you like a week <laughs> well, and a half early. If not a month early. <laughs> it depends on whether it's actually done or not. So, so if you want it right now, you could probably pre-order it, and they'll just send it to you. Or you could just buy Part 7 and 8, I mean, depending on what you already have. Which I believe are still in print. I guess we can also note that this will be the Kikuchi replacement score. Of course, episodes uh, 96, 97, and 98 only ever had the Kikuchi replacement score, even on Japanese broadcast. But that's its whole other thing. You can read about that on the site. If you're looking on the site right now, immediately to the right of these cover arts are... uh, You've got that picture of Yamamoto's mug there, so... Just staring at you saying, I'm about to steal your soul <laughs> as I steal this music. <laughs> steal your music. All right. That was a ton of news. Let's talk about completely different things like complex movie characters. We are totally going with the Battle of Gods is huge and we're going to basically pull a Toei and a Shueisha here and just keep riding on the high of Battle of Gods and kind of organize our topics around it. We've got this Birusu, God of Destruction, and this Uisu, who we don't know a whole lot about just yet. Uh, these are movie villains, the God of Destruction. That sounds like a very important title, a very important role in the dragon world. So I thought, hey, it would be interesting to take a look back at some of the prior movie villains and see, hey, who was interesting? Who is a complex character rather than, hey, we got 45 minutes, throw in an android and go. So uh, it's just Heath and I. Originally, this was going to be Heath, Julian and I, and then it was going to be Heath, Mary and I. And now it's just Heath and I. So rather than a round table, it's more of a, a straight line back and forth talking about we're going to give you our top three complex movie villains but then you folks had a lot of great ideas just within the last couple hours and i'm sure they'll continue to grow between now and when the podcast comes out so we're going to go back and forth between three two and number one give you your thoughts heath get us going your number three most complex and you can define complex however you want movie villain from the dragon ball universe okay i'm gonna For number three, I am stepping outside of what we typically call the standard 17 movies. Sure, that that is okay. You said I could, and so I'm going to. I give you free reign here. Okay, this one's kind of uh, a slash between Dr. Aichi and Hachihyo. Ah, okay, sure. Uh, Just because I'm a sucker for the Saiyan backstory, all the historical stuff that ties into it, not even so much GT, but just what we find out in the series. Oh, hold on, because there you go. Between Raichi and, well, Mew and Baby is kind of the same thing. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I'm going with them. The original. Not the 94 original, the OG. Yes. I chose these two just because of the backstory for the most part. Okay. I think they have a pretty rich backstory, something that we've seen expanded upon something that they did actually very well, I thought. And I think they're actually fairly good characters, even though one barely ever talks, if at all. (laughs) That's true. I I like it, though. I like it. You like it? It, I thought it was a pretty good selection. Clearly, Toei did as well, because they just used it wholesale again three years later. Well, over and over and on and on. But yeah, I think that's what I'm going to go with for my number three. And from here, maybe we'll get back into movies. Who knows? Okay. So, Mike... 
What do you have for your number three? My number three. All right. We're kind of sticking with science here. I am choosing a movie villain character who is not the primary villain of a movie. And we're going to talk a little Mm. bit about the primary villain, I think, with a couple of your comments. My number three is Paragus, actually, from DBZ Movie 8, not Broly himself. Paragus has this really interesting stuff where he's, hey, King, my son's like super awesome. Oh, wait, you're going to try and kill us both and toss us both out for dead. But actually, my baby son put us in a bubble and here we are. And all right, fuck you, little prince. I'm coming after you and I'm going to take you to all these planets and then, oh shit, my son broke out and now I'm dead. And Vegeta totally buys into yeah, it. Yeah, it's awesome. He plays along. He, Paragus is just playing everyone for fools, but then he gets played in the end. Not really played. I mean, he just kind of gets crushed. <laughs> I don't think Brawly really plans any of that. No, out. no, he doesn't. But I thought that He's was... like the Hulk. It, it's exactly what you were talking about with the, the Saiyan, the back history, and the revenge stuff. But this is kind of revenge within the Saiyan ranks themselves, rather than going with the Sufudu uh, kind of outside the science it's it's not super deep and maybe that's why he's down at my number three but uh i think he has a a somewhat interesting if not even quasi sympathetic story so uh is my number three there you go i think that works i I think that's actually a very good selection not somebody i would have thought yeah exactly and i thought of him last second so uh major props to me for putting uh, an interesting choice there good job mike good good thinking props good job mike Good. We, should, we should just name this. Let's all appreciate what Mike can do. I like that. I like that. It, this is the uh, Mike is awesome list. All right, Heath, number two on your Mike is awesome list. <laughs> no, this is the Heath is awesome Okay, list. sure. Uh, so for number two, I am going with a character from one of your favorite movies. Okay. Garlic Jr. Ah, good choice. Uh, I think I picked him as my number two. See, I think I picked him as my number two him. because. Wait, wait. Are you, sh- are you sure that you picked him? Did you not actually pick him? No, I'm I'm going to pick him. Okay. I, think I'm a, I will officially pick him right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Garlic Jr., I really like the tie-in with the backstory to God and his father trying to, you know, ascend to the level of Kami, but he's oh, not I allowed like to. Oh, I like you used ascend properly. Good job. See, you like that? Yeah. And um, then we also can track back from that to Piccolo and how... Piccolo Daimao and Kami are split and all of that really ties in together and how they brought that into the movie. Yet Son Goku can do whatever he wants and Gohan can get drunk and it's just, I really like it. I think that all fits together because it pulls in a lot of elements that were present that were never really explained yet turn out to this is what Toriyama was thinking and I think it all really works well together. Beside the fact that Garlic Jr. later enters the series as a main character with his own arc. He does. He does. Perhaps we'll return to that momentarily. But okay. uh, my number two, I'm like totally destroying any illusion of what my number one is. Uh, my number two is Dr. Weirdo. Uh, number two from DBZ. Movie number two. He's kind of this proto-Dr. Garrow. And I suppose proto-Dr. Mew in a way as well. Uh, he's creating these mechanical bioengineered mutant things. I mean, his goal is just 
I'm going to become the strongest and I'm going to take over whoever I can to do it. But he's got this, I don't know, it's just kind of super cool where he's locked away in this ice, but he's a giant brain and he's got all this science going on. And even his blue hair is like, hey, I've heard of you before. And it's one of those, I've heard of you before, but we've never actually mentioned anything like this before ever happening. But I'm okay with that. Well, but she also knew who Dr. Garrow was. Right. So the exact same thing. And that's why I say like, oh, man, I feel like there's some similarities going on here. And much like you went with Dr. Raichi as opposed to Dr. Mew and Baby, I'm going to go with the original gangsta Wero here as opposed to the kind of later uh, interpretations of the evil mad scientist. Uh, I think he had some neat stuff going on. Uh, maybe not the most complex in terms of goals and methods and stuff, but... Well, he's very clear about his goals. He, he is. He's very straightforward. Like, wait, you're not the strongest. Wait, you are the strongest? All right. Taking you over. Oh, wait, you just broke out of my little vine thing. Uh, all right, I'm going to break out, too, and I'm a giant robot monster brain thing. And the man didn't get you down. I have no body. Yep. All right, so Dr. Weirdo is my number two. Uh, Heath, your number one most complex movie villain from Dragon Ball. This one was actually quite tough because I was really torn because I, I really wouldn't say he's my number one movie villain. Okay. Because I would rather go with Tapion myself, uh-huh. but we're doing villains. So yes. All right. I am torn between Hoy and Hildegon. Oh. Um, because you can't really have one without the other. Yeah, you can't have Hoy without Hildegon. You can't have Hildegon um, without Tapion. You can't have Tapion exactly. without Hoy. So, and Minosia. Don't forget Minosia. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. Who I really say, I guess I'll do another Hoi slash Hildegon <laughs> sort of thing, just because it's kind of, you know, did the egg come first? Did the chicken come first? What right. happened? So sure. that's kind of what I'm going with. Uh, I love, love the backstory. I think it's, it's cool. one of the first movies that they really come out, and it's nothing that's ever really been done before. And it's got this really good mythical feel to it. Uh, something that you just never really saw coming. Yeah, you want to talk and, about sympathetic characters. Tapion yeah. is kind of the definition of it here in terms of Dragon Ball. And you get great action. You get wizards, evil wizards. You get coconuts, <laughs> all sorts of fun stuff. <laughs> you put the wizard in the coconut. You get Pepsi. <laughs> you get tapioca. <laughs> Uh, so I think that is what I'm going to go with just because I think it's very complex. It's very rich. It really gives you something to think about. And overall, it was just brilliantly done. And just the fact that they came up with Hildegon's name solely based on someone making a gone face made my day. I think one of the reasons he's not on my list is because I was strictly going with villains and Hildegard himself. That's why I went with Hoey. Not necessarily. Right. I understand. I understand. Uh, my number one, I already basically said so. Garlic Jr. I, you kind of already said everything there is. I love the backstory behind who becomes God. Why do you become God? Someone else could actually kind of vie for the same role as you. And I'm going to summon up these basically demons from hell to kind of I love the uprising 
that. Oh my god, the, awesome. the artistic style there is fantastic. Movie one's got man. I mean, there are reasons I love this movie, and then there are reasons I love this movie. Garlic Jr., we're also talking about the movie exclusive version here. I love Shigeru Chiba, but Akira motherfucking Kamiya plays this role so beautifully. He's such a great actor for this role. It's not the type of performance I think you would expect. You would expect Shigeru Chiba to play that role. Yes. But to have Kamiya play it just brings this new dimension to that character that, oh my god, like... That's who he is. I yeah, totally it, get if it now. People have never watched it in original Japanese from the series and the movie. I highly suggest you do just to see the differences in the character because it is amazing. Yeah, because TV Garlic Jr. is peel off, but movie Garlic Jr. is Garlic Jr. I mean, that is that is that his own role through and through uh and you said everything else there is to say about it i I love the story there i I think they did a fantastic job with this movie just so many levels uh garlic jr is my number ones and it it completely ties back into the whole god hierarchy it does which we are now going back into badly gods just kind of saying it kind of works it works we're not totally leeching off news to at all all right so we're going to take it over to your thoughts just earlier today we tossed it out there who do you think the most uh complex movie villain is and why within like 15 minutes my phone blew up and i had to (laughs) shut it off while we were eating lunch so we're going to go through a bunch of yours and again there's going to be far more we continue to want to know what you have to say so feel free don't stop uh i wanted to get this with this i think the first reply i expected this to be the first reply and i want to get it out of the way jamie says broly all right so we're done there moving on ryan says complex truth be told they're all fairly basic formulaic due to the limited running time of the films they come from i think that is a fair criticism Mm -hmm. i think we were able to dive in and find a little bit but it's the kind of thing where you do have to dive in and pull stuff out of it to make it work and you have to be very understanding at the same time realizing what the run times are and you don't have a character that you devote an entire arc of a series to right it just you can't do it and then denzel uh sent us in to be honest None of the movie villains are that complex, but the ones who were explained the best were Garlic Jr. and Dr. Willow. I like that. I approve. Obviously, my numbers uh, one and two there. You had some Garlic Jr. love as well. Um, I actually don't know how to pronounce his name. Is it Git Kaliba? Git Kaliba. Git Kaliba. Uh, I'd say probably probably Garlic Jr. actually. He had the whole deal with his father and Kami's history, his father's failed plans, his own plans that he was trying for and succeeded. Again, I mean, you had a villain who succeeded with the Dragon Balls. Just seems like he had a lot more going on than the rest of them, even if it wasn't shown the most. I like that. Very we good have a, point. We have a villain who won. Piccolo Daimao and Garlic Jr., they won. It, it is kind of interesting to look back to see that he actually won, yet he gets locked away. Yep. So he ends up not winning. <laughs> he probably lost more than if he actually died. Yeah. So Ricky Bear says Hildegon was honestly really impressed with how complex his backstory was. Felt way deeper than any other villain story. Yeah, you know, tying in with that, Eric said Hildegon without a doubt. I feel like the motive to every other movie villain could be summed up in a few words. They all have pretty simplistic stories, but I was really taken aback by how in-depth they made the history behind Tapion Hildegon really impressed me. And again, we have from Gabe, gonna say Hildegon. They introduce not one, but two new characters just to explain where he came from. 
that's pretty complex. And again, I think that takes it back to what I was saying, where maybe the main villain of the movie himself isn't the complex one, but the backstory surrounding him is. So that in mm-hmm. turn makes him more interesting. But I totally See, get where you're all coming from. To me, Hoei or Hoei, Hoei is the actual villain in that movie. It's just yes, he's so yes. dumb and his evil wizard powers don't do a whole lot that it it really gets overshadowed by Hildegon. Totally. Totally. So, unfortunately, but hey, we all love Hildegon, so what are you going to do? All right, Randy says, Bye, Broly! Garla Jr., father in line to be Kami, sealed for rebelling, Jr. out for revenge, and immortality to become Kami. So, again, you uh, jerks tossing the joke answers out there, but I understand why you're doing that. Uh, some Garlic Jr. love. And it, was, it was enough to pull him back into the series. See? Yep. Everybody stuff. loves Garlic Jr., very nice. Thomas said, uh, they are all pretty shallow, but I'll go with Kula. Uh, seemingly snubbed by his family, reasonable intellect, and unlike many of the movie villains, a clear purpose. And that that is definitely, he has a clear purpose, which is to clean up after his brother's mess, even though he didn't want to clean up after it to begin with. But do you think he was snubbed by his family, Mike? Was Kula snubbed by his family? Um, it's tough because we don't know enough about Kula and King Cold together. We only know a little bit about what Kula says about Frieza. Mm -hmm. So it's, I don't know. I don't even know how I could answer that. Yeah, I agree. So moving on, we have uh, Jesse who also says probably Kula just because they've given him the most development. He lets Goku go when he's a kid, tries to clean up his mess, then has the whole mecha gambit. Still relatively straightforward, but definitely one of the more interesting trajectories for a villain of the Dragon Ball world. Yeah, it's it's a fleshed out story, but I don't know if that makes him a complex character. So that's why I'm not thinking that. All right, the last one we're going to do here, and then again, you guys have... Plenty more thoughts. Keep them coming. Chris says, Dr. Wiro would be it if it weren't for the fact that I can't understand how his brain got so dang big. And I'm a little bit with you there, Chris. Well, I think uh, Jake pointed this out once that actually in one of the original drawings, his brain wasn't that big when uh, Toriyama drew him up. But when they animated him for the movie, they actually made his brain much larger. Yeah. Something like that. More interesting look. Yeah. All right, so those are your thoughts. Keep them coming. Plenty more. You can respond on Twitter, on Facebook, on the forum thread for every episode. We have more from you folks to wrap up the episode. Just a couple of random emails from you. All right, Heath, uh, we have two like pretty beefy ones here and then one little one. Holy uh, cow, we do. Why don't you Look take the this. first one here from Duo Pierce? All right. Uh, greetings. I've been catching up with you wonderful folks on the podcast and today reached episode 301. Well, congratulations because you have a lot more to go. Oh, not too much. I mean, what no, is this, 318? When you think they're like an hour and a half a piece sometimes. Uh. <laughs> anyway, uh, I've not listened to each episode after, so I ask for your forgiveness if this question or something similar has come up on the show since. The subject at hand is your discussion of Vegeta as a strategic fighter and your conclusion that he doesn't deserve to be called such. A pair of events occurred to me that seemed 
at least somewhat noteworthy on this matter. The first of these pertains to the second clash between Zarbon and Vegeta. In that battle, Zarbon transforms immediately and attacks Vegeta. The Saiyan ducks and, in that moment, seizes a pile of dirt, then flies upward. When Zarbon chases him, Vegeta drops the dirt into Zarbon's eyes and uses the opening to deal a chapter-ending blow. Following shortly thereafter, by a volley of key blasts. This is a shining moment of Vegeta using strategy in battle to weaken an opponent, even though it is generally remembered as just Vegeta being much stronger than Zarbon. Much later in the series, I would like to call your attention toward the final flash that Vegeta uses against Cell. I won't detail this, but I don't recall you mentioning a fairly notable moment of tactical fighting. I don't think this really cements Vegeta as a strategic combatant, but it makes your case against him slightly weaker. Two questions. One, do either of these examples shake your stand on the matter? Two, what do you think are the best moments of tactical fighting in the series any character. You're not going to believe this, but I have the best explanation to answer this question. I'm pretty sure, was this back when I was, we had Lance on the show? It was Lance, myself, and Mary talking about Vegeta, or maybe it was before then. I yeah, do remember. So. I do remember talking about the dirt and all of that. And I'm pretty sure what happened is that I said it was Vegeta versus someone other than Zarbon. And then to prevent myself from looking like an idiot, I edited that little snippet out of the show. So I had the right tactical stuff, wrong character. So technically, I'm mostly right there. I do agree. I completely agree. That is a tactical moment that Vegeta used. You are right. I was right too, just wrong character. And now you can see how this is coming to bite me on the ass in the end. As for the final flash against Cell from Vegeta, I don't know. To me, that was just kind of one of those character fires a giant key-based attack. That's not so much strategic as it was just, I'm, I'm going to fire something at you. To me, well, that's not on the same essentially level. essentially flies up and trunks is all no don't do that and yeah fuck you guys boom yeah that, that's, that's not strategy it. to I me mean, that's that's just a blast and cell thought he could take it to begin with right which so he did it's just two characters being stupid and we talked about how vegeto gets dumber and dumber as the series goes on uh what is the most strategic tactical fighting in the series i i don't know i i kind of always go back to goku versus raccoon that's not really tactical as it just not being a dumbass just elbowing someone while they're powering up that i don't know that's yeah i think for dragon ball that's tactical well i think just in general uh anime wise if you just go back to dragon ball when you see more hand-to-hand combat absolutely there's a lot back then that uh like the tension han and goku fight yeah in the uh 22nd budokai i and even against Ma Jr. Anything I feel with the Zanso Ken, the after image technique as well, I, I feel like there's a lot of tactical stuff going on back then. 21st, 22nd, absolutely. A little bit in the 23rd. 23rd, would, getting into yeah. big blasts. I, I would say maybe the most tactical battle is probably against Vegeta and Nappa at the beginning of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. When Goku's not there, and you have all these warriors that are way outclassed. And the only reason they're still alive, besides Vegeta saying, hey, let's take a hiatus for a little bit, yep. is that they use strategy. Mm-hmm. And they almost could have done a huge amount of damage to Nappa if yep. Gohan didn't wuss out and not fire. And also, if Vegeta wasn't like, hey, dumbass, don't try and take that key on. Yeah. So, so yes. yeah, that's that's some good stuff. 
I right. love that beginning part of the series. I do too. I do too. All right, we got so a couple more. There's a reason here. it's been released like 80 times, right? Yeah, right. How many times have I bought Raditz? All right, so let's go. The next one here, uh, this is just a contact form. I don't have a name. NCS12088. Hey, I've been looking around at animation cells and was just wondering if any found for sale on places like eBay were actually used in the making of the show. It seems like an easy thing to reproduce and fake, so I've always wondered about it. Yeah, you can find mm. fake stuff out there, but I don't know. I'm not huge I'd into the cell more scene. More often than not, they are legit. They're real. Yeah, 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 totally. And most of them come with the actual Toei sticker still on them. Um, That's a, a good lot way. of them. Yep. When when they would sell them in the uh, Toei Animation Shop, which is in Tokyo, which is where a lot of these come from, and then you know over the years they've just been distributed around the world and resold and whatnot on eBay. Uh, but when they would release these originally, you would have the animation cell. Sometimes it would come with a background, whether it actually went with that particular right. scene or not. And then they would throw in a slip of paper, which would tell you where that scene was used or more apt. They would say, this was cell A5 of episode whatever. And then that would be it. It'd be checked off that it was official and they'd throw a sticker on it. Yep. So... If you are going to buy them, you can always contact the seller, ask, is this official? Can you show me a picture? And that should do it for you. Yeah, look for those little things. Look for the notes on it. Look for the doga. Look for... Background stuff is always dicey because more often than not, you're not going to get the original background like we were saying. Mm-hmm. So, and, and a lot of times when they would put those together, you'll, you'll find these days even when you buy them, uh, probably more so these days than back then, but... They'll have the cell and it'll be on the the background. Well, they will have stuck together and you can no longer take the cell off the background without (laughs) ripping paint off. Right. So usually you have to leave them together. And the thing is that backgrounds, since they are much more artistic and take much more time to make, they only made a few of them. And that's why you'll notice in anime in general, especially back in the day before it was all computer graphics, that backgrounds were reused all the time so oh, you have multiple yeah. scenes with backgrounds and they just reuse them and reuse them and they would never sell those until the series was officially over reuse them pan across them yeah. so and yeah. that's why a lot of cells you can never ever find their original background to them because they may or may not exist and if they do they are probably with some other cell from right. a way far away scene that somebody else owns on the other side of the globe fair point that that exact background was used two episodes earlier so it's with that good stuff and especially if you go to anime conventions i mean the dealers there almost exclusively are always going to have the real stuff Mm -hmm. and yeah they do their homework the typical binders all chained together the giant black plastic things that you know what we're talking about all right so we have one last one here i've been teasing this one for i feel like two episodes at this point it's a beast but i definitely want to address it heath jerry terrifying writes hello mike and assorted consensu crew which is two of us right now that might be around if slash when this gets read i've got a comment from mike all right, I'm going to so, sit back and listen. Take it away. Pay attention. Pretend like you've never read this previously. <laughs> no, okay, all right. When talking about the Budokai HD collection, you really focus on the soundtrack being different and how it ruins the game for you. This is baffling to the point that I'm willing to write an email. Now, I understand you're way into the music scene when it comes to Dragon Ball, but when giving a brief audio review on the podcast, I don't think you should focus solely on one issue that for many players doesn't matter, 
at least not to the degree it matters to you. Many people that play games listen to their iPods, podcasts, have Netflix running in the background, etc., and don't really encounter the soundtrack at all. I don't know for sure, but if I were reviewing this title, I'd mention if the game let you use custom soundtracks. I know that Raging Blast on the PS3 lets you do that, which could solve your biggest problem. Not sure how custom soundtracks work on the 360, but I do know on the PS3 it's up to the developers, so it'd be nice to know if this game allows custom soundtracks. Just listening to the podcast, there are tons of things about the game you don't even mention in nearly as much detail. How does the game play? How well was it ported? Are there frame rate issues? Is there online multiplayer added? Any strange graphical hiccups? Some people might like to know about the trophies or achievements. You also keep asking who would want this with different music. The way the music is focused on gives me the impression you only put the game in your console to hear the music and not to actually, you know, play the game. There is a market for this game. The kids that only have 360s and PS3s that have recently found the series through Dragon Ball Kai that wouldn't know the music's been changed, for example. Also, for me, the graphical improvements make a much larger impact than the soundtrack differences. PlayStation 2 games look like ass butt on it. HD TV. Graphics don't make or break a game for me, but if I have the option of the exact same game looking like booty balls in 480i in a 4-3 aspect ratio or the exact same game in a 16 by 9 720p or 1080p HD, I'll take it. Everything you said is absolutely correct. And at the same time, everything you asked me about, I'm almost 100% certain I did say in that audio audio review. How does the game play? I'm pretty sure I said uh, it plays exactly like it did as you remember. How well was it ported? I'm pretty sure we addressed that. There are frame rate issues. Pretty sure I talked about how it's uh, running at a wonderful 60 frames per second. Is there any online multiplayer added? I'm pretty sure we said that there is exactly zero added to these games beyond uh, achievements and trophies, which, which we actually asked about later. Thing that everybody complained about. Right. So all the stuff you're asking me about, those are kind of yes, no things that I'm pretty sure I addressed in, again, it was a brief little audio review. That is not the formal written review. That, of course, is coming to the website later. I do understand that some of you only listen to the podcast. Some of you have never read the website in your lives and you're missing out on a ton of stuff. But all of that stuff I absolutely did address in some capacity. I stand by my viewpoint. And this is what's great is that we all have different viewpoints and different things and you can find different people to attach yourself to and uh, kind of figure out where they're coming from. I stand by my viewpoint that the music in the Budokai series more than any other Dragon Ball video game and more than many other video games, it was produced to such a level that we almost didn't deserve the level of quality we got with that. You're talking about Again, you heard me say this. Steve Lukather from Toto. Uh, you had Tower of Power in there. The the other artists that contributed there that you can see in that wonderful behind-the-scenes video that came with the DBZ 1 and 2 soundtrack, to see the quality of musicianship that went into these games blows my mind and it should blow your mind as well. And it was integrated into the game, well, the games, all three of those Budokai games, in a way that has not been done before or since for Dragon Ball. And that's why I feel it was such an important thing there. Uh, As for custom soundtracks, here's the thing. People talk about custom soundtracks. To me, 
Custom soundtrack means you say, instead of this song, I want this song to play. Instead of this song, I want this song to play. There were very, very few video games that allow you to do it to that capacity. Most of the time, what you're actually doing is you're going to the audio player on your console, be it the 360 or a PS3, and you're saying, hey, play this song. And what it's going to do is just play through that album beginning to end as if you were listening to a CD like on a boombox somewhere, but instead it's going to come through the system. So it's not going to end and play wind music when the fight's over. When you go back to the main menu, it's not going to play main menu music. It's just going to keep playing. And yeah, I absolutely was playing my Budokai soundtracks in the background as I was playing the games. And that helps a little bit, but it is not the same thing as the fight starts and it goes Doom, doom, or dun, 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 dun. It, it's it's not the same gameplay experience, and that was such a huge deal with those games. That's what I focused on, and like you said, music is huge for me as a part of my life with Dragon Ball. So you understand where I'm coming from, and I appreciate that you understand where I'm coming from in that. Uh, so that's what I wanted to focus on. Other people are going to focus on different things, and that's great. Go read their reviews, listen to their reviews, and I think when you put those things together, you're going to get a better comprehensive whole than you will if you only if you only listen to me, if you only read my words, you're not getting the full picture here. You're getting the Mike Vegito EX picture, <laughs> and and that's the picture that I only want you to see, but I, I uh, totally understand and recognize that there are other viewpoints out there. So part of me is like, no, I actually addressed what you said, and you were only hearing what you wanted to hear. Um, at the same time, I do recognize that you wanted to hear more about those other things. And to that, I say, well, hopefully my full written review will be up by the end of the year that, uh, I've already written about a lot of that stuff as well. Uh, Heath, do you have any thoughts <laughs> on that? This is kind of just me talking into a vacuum for a bit. No, I think, uh, you are the man for that. And I did not play the HD collection, so I really have no idea. <laughs> Heath has no thoughts. No thoughts. All right. Um, Heath, if people want to chat with us, talk with us, submit things, uh, really just go to the website, right? Yeah, you can go to the website. Uh, you'll find links for our Twitter page, our Facebook page, Google+. There's also a contact form on every single page of the site, so you can always fill that out. And if you're lucky, we will answer your question on this here podcast. And Mike may rail on you for like five minutes, but hey, you were on the podcast, so it was worth it. Did I Remember rail that? on him? I think only no, a little bit. Only, only like just... 25% railing, 75% legitimate answers. <laughs> I'm just trying to harass. <laughs> but you know, I, I like that. I want people to keep us honest. I want to keep the audience mm -hmm. honest. I, I think that's important. Uh, and if I, we don't cover what you want to hear, let us know and we will yeah, well, you know, we can probably adjust. not, but... <laughs> Sometimes we are a tad biased towards what our interests are, but if you want to hear about something else, we can certainly do that as well. There's no such I, there's no such thing as unbiased. That is such the worst word mm -hmm. in the English language. Everyone comes to everything with their own preconceptions, experiences, thoughts, and that's what makes us individuals. So fuck exactly. the word unbiased. Uh, Heath, Konzenshu.com. Yes, that is where you can find us. www full stop k a n z e n s h u u full stop c o m. You can, uh, like I said, follow the links. You can check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, all sorts of fun stuff. Fill out the contact form. Email us. Let us know what you're thinking. You have any news items you want us to cover? Let us know. Have any reviews you want Mike to do? Let him know. You have any animation style guide updates you want me to do? I can certainly do that. Um. 
Julian, Jake, let them know about translations. We'll do that too. We are your servants. There's a good chance we're already doing what you want us to do. <laughs> yeah, more than likely. <laughs> uh, okay, the only other thing I want to toss out there is we are coming up on the very end of the year. Julian, in particular, is very excited to check back on the predictions we made exactly one year ago. We uh, totally sucked on this. Oh, man, it was awful. It, it was <laughs> awful. We did a mid-year. Every year, this is what we do. And everyone does the same thing. And it's just kind of a cliche thing, but we have fun with it, too. Uh, at the end of every year, we kind of recap the biggest news stories and um we make predictions for what we think will happen over the next year in the dragon world uh and then every july 1st ish we kind of check in and see how we're doing and then at the end of the year uh we not only make predictions for the next year but check back with what predictions we made last year and this year is going to be a train wreck for us an utter train wreck oh sort of i i'm frightened i am mm-hmm absolutely terrified to uh see what we said so that's the plan we got other great things coming your way uh yeah what other podcasts do we have coming i'm supposed to remind you uh well that was the main one um i (laughs) so So is jeff out of town for like a year now no no he's actually around i'm actually seeing him friday but it's for wedding stuff doing suit measurements and stuff so there'll be no gt but related to that I, like many people, was buying all the single-disc Funimation releases. There are two Dragon Ball GT discs I never bothered to pick up. They were... I have the lost episodes, and then I have quote-unquote volume one. Uh, But then I never got volumes two and three. And I'm doing quotes in the air as I'm saying that. I'm like, crap, I need those to keep doing the GT review of awesomeness. So it's like, well, I've got the R2s. And I can mostly follow that, but Jeff's shit out of luck if I watch those. So do I just buy that complete collection Funimation put out the green bricks? I don't really want to spend 30 bucks just for a couple episodes. So what I ended up doing is just buying volumes two and three for like two bucks each new on Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. So those are on the way uh, as soon as I get those I actually did that uh, back in the day. It was before I got the GT Dragon Boss. Oh, really? And for Constantine, I wanted to put up all the opening and ending themes and the eye catch. Gotcha. So I got on Amazon, figured out which which ones of the switch? single disc contained what, and I bought like just four. Nice. Those are the only four that I have. Nice. I actually think we could do the next review with what I already own because we did through 15. I think 16 is on Lost Episodes 5 and then 17, 18, 19 are on, what is on it, Affliction number one. Mm-hmm. So I think we could actually do that, but I've got the missing two on the way anyway, so... Uh, so it'll happen at some point. Yes. It, maybe not before the new year, but it is on all of our radars. We are aware of it. So we'll, of course, announce it and let you know ahead of time. Unlike the last one where we thought it would be a fun surprise, but we'll let you know. So those are two exciting things we have coming up and we got more. So yeah. there you go. I think go. we will, uh, there should be an animation styles guide update tomorrow, which is Monday. And then before that, also... I will be posting some interview translations from Julian. From oh, nice. Tenkaichi Densetsu. Which so. I've read, and they're all awesome. Yes. I think we are putting up, uh, I'm going to do uh, Masako Nozawa and, oh, what was the other one I was working on? Uh, Toshio, I think, was Furukawa. It's going to say you're on a first name basis with them now? We are. 
I uh, am buns. having brain farts right now because I have to go to the bathroom. I so. do too. So <laughs> <laughs> I did that to you last episode. You're allowed to do it to me this episode. Let's call it quits. This was episode 318 of our podcast here at Konzenshu. We'll see you next week for episode 319. I don't think it's going to be the predictions episode. We're going to try and have that for uh, either last week of 2012 or first week of 2013 so you can look forward to that soon that was it my name is mike vegeto ex for heath over there for jake off on let's say he's on jupiter right now uh he has been moving so moving around protecting yep. the universe the galaxy uh for julian off in japan of course translating like a madman for mary upstairs who has moved on from chrono trigger to persona 3 uh, i will never see her again my wife is a lost cause um again my name is mike Vegito ex heath wrap it up end of the show quote go oh wait i was gonna do the original am i allowed to do that still sure oh i have to Konsenshu za podcasto konchimo kite kudasate arigato gozaimasu chikai mo otamashin ni Do you think he was snubbed by his family Mike who, garlic? Kula, mister, I'm on my phone and not paying attention. I know, right I'm now. responding to Mary. She's asking me where she can plug in the PSP. <laughs> Was Kula snubbed by his family?